Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Annotators. I'm Dave Biesing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I'm joined today by Kazu Kibuishi, and today we'll be talking about his works, including the uh, graphic novel series Amulet, Daisy Cutter, and some others you might be familiar with. Amulet is a now eight-book running, and it's going to be nine. We have a ninth and final book coming in the Amulet series. It's an extremely popular, uh, I guess YA, but really all ages work. That is, I think, uh, definitely a book and a graphic novel that a lot of people might be missing if you're very focused on the the sort of local comic shop issue by issue experience. Um, and again, because it's published by Scholastic. So we'll talk about that a little bit with Kazu here and how this book really stands out among the pack. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining, Kazu. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. I did want to talk to you about Amulet and a bit of your other works, um, but before we dig into all of that, I think the the work across Amulet is it brings to mind these epic quests, right? And these these giant fantasy quests of of works that I think a lot of us love and are familiar with. I think recently, you know, the contemporary ones that people talk about the most right now are probably things like Avatar and then Bone in the comic space. I'm curious, what are what were your influences um, as a creator? Because this is a story that you have been. Percolating, I, I've seen you mention in interviews for a good like two decades now, um, going back to like the late '90s. This has been a big part of your life for a long time. Uh, what was the stuff that kind of brought you to this to this story and this approach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first off, thanks for thanks for having me on here. This is this is this is nice. Um, it's nice to join you in, the, in this podcast. Is, is that what this is? This is yeah. a podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> good guess. Is that what they call these things? All right. Um, yeah. No. Um, so. I started um I started down this road um probably right after I read Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Hmm. And so it was um it was actually the um the graphic novel um that uh Hayao Miyazaki, the director of um, you know, many beloved animated films, uh it's something that he did in, in a serialized form uh for some magazines. Hmm. And it was collected, uh, just like uh, trade paperbacks are collected, um, into um, um, you know in, in, into this graphic novel uh, set that I that I had when I was in college. I read that, and I realized that this is this is what I this is what I want to do. I want to I want to do something like this. It was like a it wasn't like a job that I wanted. Mm-hmm. It was. It was just an accomplishment. It was something that I didn't. I actually didn't expect to make a living doing this. Um, I thought I was going to do something else, and that sometime in my life I was going to produce something like this. It was, you know, if you're like a mountain climber, often they're they're an accountant, or right, right. <laughs> you know, they totally. have a day job, right? Yeah. So I assumed that I'd be working in the film industry, and that I'd I'd have um, a graphic novel under my belt. Um, so I, I read I read uh, Nausicaa and then I read Bone, and uh, by by Jeff Smith, mm-hmm. and I realized that uh, that Jeff had a, a very similar vision, and so I really aligned with that. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I should also throw Understanding Comics in there as well, because uh, when I read Understanding Comics, I realized the, the Scott McCloud work by Scott McCloud, yes, yeah, um, and and that's not that's not a big epic fantasy, but um, it it's the, it was the first time where I felt like I, I found a graphic novel or a comic at the time. I didn't know what a graphic novel was. Mm-hmm. I always, I thought every of everything is comics. It was the first comic that I felt I could hand to over to a lot of the teachers that used to ask me why I was wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And say, well, this is why. And, Cause I think that it's important to make comics. And when I read Nausicaa, it felt like I was reading somebody writing about stopping a war. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it spoke to me on a, on a really deep level. And I just thought, well, people need to do this then. It's, it's really important that there are people out there doing this. Um, and it's, you know, that maybe people don't realize how important it can be, but I can f- sense it reading works like um nausicaa so th- that's when i first tried to start amulet and that was in college i was you know i was in college from um, 96 to 2000 and I, I began work on amulet in 97 um i thought i was pretty good at drawing comics at that point i'd already been offered work at major comics publishers when mm-hmm. i was in high school 
um, but I learned really quickly how 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 green I I really was. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for it. So it what um what, what was it about the experience that made you feel like oh I'm I'm not ready for this? Do you do you remember like in those? I early do days? remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember on under on there's there's two parts to it. Number one is just the craft of it. I wasn't as seasoned as I I would like to be. You know, I, I could tell by my drawings that I wasn't. Um, I couldn't articulate uh, what I wanted to see in my mind uh, on on paper. Um, very, quick, very quickly enough, it wasn't fast enough. I was yeah. I was pretty quick at that time, but I wasn't fast enough to be able to 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 not have it get in the way of the storytelling. Hmm. Um, that was the first part, and then the second was just that I was in my twenties. I I was really young. <laughs> yeah. I was a kid, so I didn't have the wisdom that I, I, I recognized in works like Bone and um, Nausicaa and uh, literature that I, I was inspired by and movies that I loved. They were written by, they were often written by people who were older than I was and, and had gone through more in their lives. So I didn't have that under my belt. And so it wouldn't be until after college, after I graduated, when I had to um, my brother and I had to support my parents right out of school. Mm. Um, that whole experience informed what I ended up writing about in Amulet. Um, so, you know, I knew at that point after going through all that and stepping my parents, we stepped our parents through bankruptcy and things like that. Just, we had to become their financial advisors while also trying to fend for ourselves yeah. as, as kids coming out of college. Uh, and it made us grow up really fast and I wanted to write about what that felt like, but I didn't want to do it um, as a as an autobio book or anything. I wanted it to, because I, I felt like it would be more useful to other people if I mythologized it. Interesting. Yeah, no, you can mm-hmm. definitely see that in, in Amulet for sure. I mean, just how how fast Emily and, um, I'm maybe mispronouncing this. Uh, Naven, yeah. Naven, Naven. thank you. Mm-hmm. How, how fast they have to grow up, right? There's so much mm-hmm. loss early in the book, obviously. the um, and, and I guess this will enter into minor spoiler territory for Amulet, uh, if you're <laughs> totally unfamiliar. But it's, you know, within the first 10 pages, right? They they lose a parent, uh, their father. And then, you know, they, they like within that first book, you know, it's like they lose their great-grandfather who they just met. Um, mm-hmm. the, the mom goes into a coma at one point. You know, there's just there's so much loss. It's kind of heavy stuff when you consider, like, these are kids. And it, it does have that element of that good fantasy often has where kids can be the heroes and do these things that are well beyond what we would expect of children typically um mm-hmm. you know like like naven running into battle in a mech suit you know it's like oh mm-hmm. he's like part of the army <laughs> you know and he's <laughs> mm-hmm. he's very young but when you put it in that metaphor of of having to grow up very fast i think that is yeah like and and that story like your story is obviously your inspiration but then i'm sure for so many readers um there's their version of that and and what they had to go through in terms of supporting parents um so yeah absolutely that, that connected yeah. tissue is is strong i think in terms of the messaging yeah i think i think there are more kids out there that have to deal with this type of thing than we think because mm-hmm. um, you know if, if they're anything like me um when you're going through that type of thing you're you don't want to talk about it so we don't hear about it we don't hear about you know the struggles in in the house um right they they keep it to themselves and they fight the battles on their own. Um, and so when they're at school and, you know, given a hard time maybe by a teacher because they're not focusing, you know, they might actually be thinking about some pretty big stuff that's going on at home. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of my readers uh, identify with that in the books. And uh, that's something that I recognized over the years. Talking to my readers, um, they they feel they have an advocate <laughs> in me in mm. when they when they read these books. And I think it's one of the reasons... Um, that it is, um, it's so, it's so popular in, inside the classroom. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, in terms of the, the release format of the book, it's kind of a, it's a minor thing, but as a major comics fan myself, it's something I'm interested in. Like, did you always kind of have in your mind in terms of releasing this as graphic novels, as these single entities that are, you know, 200 plus pages and, and one story kind of per year cadence? as they were coming out? Um, or was there ever a point where you were like, I want these to come out as single issue comics? How did you 
go about sort of formulating the actual presentation of Amulet as a work? Yeah, I I, I tend to not be um, somebody who likes to control the media, the medium itself mm-hmm. all that much. I, I feel like it's, um, I, 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 I'll fit where I'm, I've got space, you know? Um, and I didn't feel that the newspaper, so when I was coming out of college, I was a, I was an award-winning editorial cartoonist, you know, and okay. I did, yeah. I did fun, I did funny comics. I, I did, I, I did a lot of comic strips and, and editorial, but there's just, I just didn't see a future for it. I just didn't think that newspapers themselves would survive at least in the way that they existed back then. You were, you were ahead of the curve on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and honestly, as cartoonists at a newspaper, you're kind of the canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Because you'll be the first one out the door if things don't go well, you know, because they'll because if they had to cut costs somewhere, it's usually on the cartoons. Yeah. You know, and and so I uh, that's that's kind of what I sensed. I sensed that, you know, I couldn't be the next Jim Davis or Charles Schultz, you know, Um, that there wasn't going to be space for me on the comics page. And would I even want that space, a shrinking space? Um, would I want that space if it means replacing my comic, um, you know, uh, putting my comic in place of something like Peanuts? I don't think I'd like that. So, mm. you know, none of those things appealed to me. Um, and so I knew that I needed to find another place to put my books or my stories, my ca- cartoons. And, and that's when I went to the web. So it went from web comics to graphic novels. So it wasn't mm-hmm. really, um, it wasn't a leap from, from editorial to, uh, or the newspaper to comic books and graphic novels it was actually web comics that uh, opened the door for me um but um that that said i always wanted to create an experience with comics that felt like reading a book or watching a movie yeah and wherever i could do that i was willing to go there sure sure well and like you said at the beginning too it's like at the end of the day it's all comics you know, mm-hmm. like there, it is. It, these works yeah. are undeniably comics. They're they're simply released in graphic novel book format. You know, by Scholastic, and that's the way they're consumed. Um, but at the end of the day, it is very much of of a similar medium. Uh, it, you mentioned, you know, kind of the experience of the movie, and there's definitely a cinematic feel to Amulet. I, I do think each book, you know, each the release, and probably fans, you know, react this way. It feels like a movie drop. You know, in, in a lot of ways. Um, you have a a background in in film, in screenwriting, um, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it's what you went to college for. Uh, yeah. I guess, did you, have you had, and, and do you still have visions for bringing it to uh, the screen in some form? Yeah, I always anticipated this to be a movie. Um, I, um, you know, I, I have I've worked with a, a number of studios, um, all of whom were wonderful to work with. Um, a lot of different producers have been... Um, uh, interested in turning this into a movie um the the journey of getting a film made is is a long one mm-hmm. you know it, it it requires a lot of good luck and timing <laughs> yeah um you know even if the money and talent is there it it you know it things sometimes just don't time out right i mean working with will smith's family was interesting it was picked up by them for a number of years and mm-hmm. they were wonderful to work with um uh, and it, their their kids sort of just aged out of the project at the mm. time, um, and that was that was the reason why that really didn't come together. Uh, again, another timing issue because um, the kids were supposed to star alongside Will, yeah, Will Smith, um, and I think that would have been a fantastic movie. Um, and in a, in a number of cases, I I have seen very talented screenwriters um, attempt to adapt this this book and and they're finding it to be a challenge to bring their own voice or to bring something of their own into this Hmm. i don't think they're able to find a way to do it and i kind of know why um i I, with with these books i've tightened them up so much these are so um these are like all you need nothing you don't (laughs) yeah right you know and so i always felt that it was you were supposed to expand on it but i I feel that other writers people who don't make comics and people who produce films they don't they don't they don't often see it that way they think that the um that the comics are um um 
that that are not um, that they're decompressed information and not compressed information. And so when they continue to try to compress the story and they'll, t- they'll try to take like Amulet 1 and 2 and compress it into one movie, mm. it tends to break. Because if I could do that, I would have shortened it too. And I, <laughs> that, I, would I, been, I, that would have been book one, right? Yeah, I don't. I wasn't able to do that. Um, book one and two were supposed to be the first. That was actually technically the, that was the first story. That was the first book. I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't fit it in 128 pages, which is what I was asked to do. Um, I, I thought I could. I thought 128 pages sounded like a lot. Then I, when I worked on it, you know, it it ballooned to 192 pages, and that. 192 page book is the shortest book in the series. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so it ended up, you know, being 192 plus 224, um, for just that one short story that I had to begin with. Yeah. So filmmakers have been trying to compress it. And every single time I watch them do it, a break, they've broken it and, and people don't know what happened. Um, and so, uh, that's happened recently too, with an Academy Award nominated screenwriter. Um, you know, she tried to, compress and it broke one more time yeah you know and and so disney who had had the rights um, because they purchased fox they purchased fox uh films yep so um so amulet migrated over to disney recently um they put a lot of money into trying to develop it further um but um i think we all agreed that the script wasn't where it needed to be and so the rights actually came back to me and so this is um it's just been a long process i i've been really patient with it um, I don't really, yeah, I didn't, uh, I honestly, I, I was telling my, the producer that I didn't really, I didn't really care that much if the film was made. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you know, so if they made the film, um, I, I said that the one, the main thing that I was concerned about was that if there are, um, especially young actors and or people on the set, I want them to be taken care of. So that's what that was number one for me. I thought like it's got to be a healthy set. Yeah, I want. I don't. I told them if it's a bad movie. I mean, hopefully it's not bad. But if it's a bad movie, hey, you know, I've made movies before. I know how hard that is. It's it's so hard to make a movie that even makes sense, mm-hmm. let alone be something that inspires people or you know that they'd want to watch again. Um, you know, it's it's a miracle if a movie comes together. And so I, I just told them like you know I really just want the the production to be a harmonious one yeah um and um and so anyway i i i really just let let the producers and the and the, and the talent on the films do their thing i try not to get into get involved in it uh, because if i get involved in it i'll be really involved <laughs> okay and so uh i'm i'm you know that's just the way i am with with um with any with any project so, so are said, you pretty content to to I, let others try to to make their version of this world like that is that's accepted by you yeah i I have been you know it's not it's not mine anymore once it's you know once they make it it's 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 a different thing now and i am i will i would love to see what happens you know um but what what's ended up happening is that uh, i think people can't i don't know i they just haven't had a good good grasp of it um, and, and I, and I, I'm partly, I, I think it's, it's, it's because I personally have that film background and I had done a lot of the work ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you say it, that, that whole conversation is very interesting to me because when you talk about the trying to compress it further, these, these are very deliberately compressed works. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. they read that way. They're extremely streamlined and tight where each story, and, and it has that, I think that's part of the appeal, right? Is like, there's a a difficulty in putting these down once you start a book um, because there's a a page turning and just, again, like a tightness to this world. But there's also within that, there's all this mythology and world that you're building and you're you're giving readers and and everyone here like essential details. But it always feels like there's so much more that could be tapped into. It it Mm -hmm. would make sense to me the way you're talking about it, that the movie could flourish by exploring some of that you know not losing Mm -hmm. the the central plot but by really digging into like all the corners of this universe that maybe you you streamline this thing so you didn't didn't waver over and really touch on them but that we like in the back of our minds as readers of amulet we know they're out there you know we just haven't seen them explored yet yeah i mean i've seen i think we've seen that with like the scott pilgrim movie and with watchmen i felt that it was the you know 
it's an impossible task to compress those. Yeah. They, they really should have expanded those story. There was so much, there's so much there, you know, on the table. And so the, I felt like um, the original Watchmen, I'm not talking about the TV series. I, I haven't seen that, but that sound, looks like an expansion. That is an expansion. You know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So it feels like, uh, and I get the sense that and from based on how people have reacted to it, that that was a, a, a more satisfying experience, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and, and Scott Pilgrim probably would have been better as a series, uh, which I, I imagine they'll probably do at some point. Uh, then as a film, I felt like it was too, it was truncated. It was like, it was watching a trailer for the books. Yeah. Right. You know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, that it, I mean, like if you look at the Marvel movies, um, uh, they're, they're fantastic examples of what to do because so many of those movies are, um, based off of 20 pages of comics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Or, <laughs> or 20 pages of four stories and they uh-huh. merge them together. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, none of those are like over a hundred pages worth of material. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what you see on the screen is is well represented in like two or three or four issues. Yeah, you know, it's usually just one arc, right? Um, and um, and it works. You know, and they could do it for two and a half hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At, at just the right pace. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's. I think people are trying to see things a little too one to one. You know, once uh, when when Will Smith was working, uh, Will Smith and his family were working on Amulet. Um, they the first person they actually reached out to to help write the script is actually one of my favorite screenwriters of all time, and that was Ed Solomon, mm-hmm. um, and who who you know wrote the Bill and Ted movies. He did um, uh, uh, Men in Black, um, yeah. and he uh, uh, he he looked at it and. Uh, and I think I think he said something to the effect of "There's nothing nothing I have to do here." <laughs> so he, I feel like that's high praise, right? It was high praise. Yeah. And when I when I heard back from Gary Glushon, um, one of the producers, about that, um, he said, "Hey, this is great, and it's and as good as it is." I I just thought, oh yeah, that's that's right. I mean, he—I I actually write my stories a lot uh, along the same lines as um, when I, I think about Ed, Ed Solomon's scripts a lot of the times because his—he's so his um, his—it's very economical his style. Mm. Um, it gets to the point real quick. I think the Coen Brothers are probably the best in the business, you know, uh, like all time greats at doing that. They're just—they're so quick. They're so witty. They mm-hmm. put so much into a scene. You can just. You know, and and when they're at their best, it's like, you know, like what you were saying before, it expands in the minds of the of the viewer, right? Like a comic. Right. And so, you know, you watch something like The Big Lebowski, and you can watch that over and over again because there's so much there <laughs> to yeah. chew on and and explore. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that that's never whether it's the screenwriters were intimidated over the years or. They just felt like they, um, I don't know, they felt they needed to do more because they're getting paid so much. I feel like um, no one really ever did the job as it, as as I think we sh- as it should be done. And everyone did the job as they thought other people wanted them to do it. And so this is why I think the, the films never came together. Um, and, you know, that's partly my fault because I have always asked to not be really that involved. Um, and so going back into it after I'm done with Amulet, um, if we do a film, uh, I'll probably be a lot more involved and possibly, uh, I mean, even possibly being one of, one of the people in the director's chairs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you you would potentially consider taking on that role and just going all in on it at that point. Yeah. It would be to me like redrafting it. Yeah. Does that sound... Does that have appeal to you um, to go back to the work that you've done or because I know for some creators, like once they've done a thing, it's out of their system, right? It's done. Um, whereas Amulet is this, you know, it's this experience you've, you know, you've been producing now for, for a couple decades, at least uh, in your mind creatively. Um, are there pieces of it that you look back at and think like, oh, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in revisiting those those stories? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a, so I'm a big fan of Yasujiro Ozu, the filmmaker. Yeah. And, um, and George Harriman, the cartoonist, you know, of crazy cat. And I look at their works and I see, I see there's a wisdom in the process that they have in, in their, in their works. And it's that, and part of it comes about because they're repeating the things that they've done before. And so 
what what it does with their work is that it points to the nuances you know of the storytelling mm-hmm. like in george harriman's work the story is the same every time there it's like you're stuck in the same loop it's like groundhog's day right yeah and um you know the same thing's going to happen but how is it going to happen and then the how is the is the telling of the story right, right? of the every new crinkle that you see is like this added layer of life that's been added to the thing so by the end it is the most masterful example of you know crazy and ignats and officer pup and the brick <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like it's been so well worn that what you're seeing it's like as natural as a tree <laughs> and I felt that way watching Ozu's films over the course of his career, him going from the silent era to, you know, t- you know, to the advent of color, you know, his whole, and during that process, the process of getting from silent to color film, he, he had made pretty much the same movie over and over and over again. And, and each time you see it done, it gets better. And those iterations are where you see the wisdom. You can see the wisdom in the work based on the new choices he's made. Mm-hmm. And you have a comparison. I think so. Like, I think that's why people like genres. They like, like they want to, if they're going to go see a Western, they have a very set idea of what they're getting into. Right. Yeah. And then that's the, for that. exactly. So then you work. And then, so anything that's working off the template is the expression, mm-hmm. you know? So if someone does something different, or says does elevates elevates the genre you could see it because you know the genre so well and, and so i i feel like if i if i were to go back into this and try to make the movie that i, I should hope that i'm you know i maybe i can do something that even perhaps miyazaki and otomo didn't do because they were actually working on their movies pretty much con- in conjunction with the graphic novels they made with nausicaa and akira yeah if I could find a way to actually add nuance and add something to um, to the film version, I, I'd find that to be a compelling reason to go back to go in and, and do it. That's cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty immense creative challenge. I think to go to dig back into your own work and find that that nuance. I mean, I think one interesting piece of this too is I've I've heard you talk a little bit about like. You know, you, you worked on this obviously over time, but like you, you changed as a person or you grew as a person, obviously just living mm-hmm. your life, like with these books coming out year by year, you know, you were not, you were not the same person now that you were when you created book one, right? Like, oh, like yeah, absolutely substantial mm-hmm. major things have, have changed in your life. Um, so going back now as the person you are now with that lens to that book, right? What, what new things do you see? What elements are you interested in highlighting? I mean, I think, yeah, as like as a vision um, that can, that can maybe change or maybe it doesn't even change the story so much as just push other things to the forefront, you know? Yeah. I think um, the first, first, the first thing is that um, I didn't know the characters all that well. I didn't know the arc that trellis would be on. I didn't realize it would be so important Interesting, as, yeah. it, as it is. Um, so you, so, so you didn't have like a, a big story Bible necessarily about like, here's where everyone's going. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I had a very simple idea. I like to I like to free freestyle. I like to just kind of roll into things. Um, I'm not a big planner. Um, I I do a lot of preparation, but I don't like to plan. Um, so I um, yeah, I think I would uh, you know I would I would probably render out you know trellis in a different way. I mean physically, just even with the drawings, but also mm. the way he is as a character. I think I. I just know a lot more about what he's what he's going through, yeah. Um, and it would be a it would be a different presentation, um, and um, and Gablin as well. I mean, he's got his his story arc is. I mean, it. I won't. I don't want to spoil anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but his but his his story arc continues in the new book, and um, you know, I I think that. Uh, I think I would have rendered that out a little bit differently as well. Um, but, um, but I mean, most of it I'm, I'm okay with. I actually, yeah, yeah I, I have read through the series and every time I do, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how, <laughs> That's good, how yeah. well it comes together. Um, and so I, I don't feel, um, I don't know. I don't feel bad about it. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's, if there's one thing that I feel I'm better at 
now than I was before. Um, it's, it's, I, it's that I know what my audience might need from me. Mm. And, and that's not, and I'm not talking about entertainment quality stuff. I'm, I'm just talking about, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing for kids in schools. Um, I'm writing for, you know, kids in bad situations in a lot of, in a lot of cases. And, and they use, often use my book as a, like a flotation device, Yeah, you know, uh, to get them through school or to help them learn to read, um, whether it's because they're having a hard time reading in general, or if they are learning English as a second language. Hmm. Um, my, my books are these flotation devices and eventually, you know, it's used so often as a flotation device that it becomes kind of like a boat for people. I mean, they just like live on them in some sense. Like I think yeah. teachers can rely on it in that way. I didn't understand that it, or fully grasp that it would become such a foundational part of our education <laughs> in America. Yeah, sure. It's, it's now like, you know, you see like the Merriam-Webster dic- dictionary, you might see the Encyclopedia Britannica and then, you know, um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid and, and like another, and then a box set of Amulet, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is and, awesome, right? Yeah, it is really awesome. But at the same time, I think if I had, I known the utility of it, um, in the schools, I think I would have added, I, I would have, I would have done something differently, but, but you know, it's, uh, it is, it, it's in the past. So, uh, what I what I'm going to do is I'm gonna I'm gonna fold all of that into the experience of making my next series. Is that is that weight something that actually makes it harder to complete the books as you go? Like, do you feel that weight more about the, I guess, the responsibility as a creator now? Because maybe when when you're making book one, it's you know I want to tell my story, and you have the message and you have the themes that you want to weave into that. But not, you know you said you're kind of learning the weight that this has for the audience. That is going to grow to love it. Is that something that it sounds like you're, you know, you've, you've got a pretty healthy relationship, but is it something that slows you down and you spend a lot more time thinking? About um, it? yeah, no, it does slow me down. Um, you know, it definitely doesn't speed me up. <laughs> um, it, yeah, uh, it's a good question. I think it's, it's, you know, it, there's two things going on, right? Um, Number one, it does motivate me to finish mm-hmm. because I feel like it's be, it's it's more than me, you know. The, the, this is beyond me. <laughs> so when you when it's easier to work when you're not just doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. and I think this is where a lot of cartoonists and artists and writers get into an existential crisis because they're thinking, "Oh, I did did I do this all for myself? Am I that kind of person?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, that it eliminates that from, out of my out of you know, my worries. I don't worry about that all that much at all. In fact, I, if, if it was up to me, I definitely wouldn't be drawing cartoons. <laughs> I'd be doing something a lot easier than this. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, I, I think that, uh, so it, it makes it easier to go to, go to work. Cause I feel like I have a job and I know how serious it is. So I, I you know, I don't feel that I don't feel that, uh, guilt that I think a lot of cartoonists feel cause they think they're getting to have fun or something all the time, which, I like mean, it's frivolous on. or something like yeah, yeah i think there's a, pers- a pr- you know there's a perspective out there that 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 this is frivolous and you know they just people just don't know they don't know they don't know what's what this is all about so that's totally fine um on the other hand i also know that once i have it out there that's it um it's not like i can go and really change it um so it's it's with me like a tattoo it's on the shelf. If it's if it's a perennial book, it may outlast me. Most likely will. I'll, I'll it'll be here when I'm not here. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty. That's you know it weighs heavily. I think sometimes because um, you want to make sure that uh, you're doing a good job for your great great grandkids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and so Lots to think I think about that. that yeah, with like yeah. a story that'll last that far into the future too. Just on those terms, you know, yeah, that'll have I, resonance. I think if it's not a, I don't even know if it's a story. It's a if it's the story so much as how does the story like how does the story help create a functional tool? Mm. Uh, this this book is like a set of tools. That's how I see it, and I, I'm I'm a tool set creator for educators. Interesting. And, yeah. Uh, for people who are looking to become educated, you know, uh, to get out of a hole. Um, I, I do think of it that way. I think, oh man, what can I, like, I'll, I'll study 
like I'm a, I'm a big fan of bicycles, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and bicycle design, I, I love, I love, um, the intricacies of, of like, um, you know, uh, the, the, like the progression chart of suspension and things like that. Right. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, I apply those kinds of thoughts and theories into, into the books and it's like, how do I, how do I mod modulate the story experience to, um, uh, you know, like how, do, where do I want to speed somebody up? Where do I want to slow them down and why, hmm. why do I, why am I doing those types of things? And I, I want to make sure that in the end, I've got a, a, a final product that, that a uh, the end user um, can use to if, if if it's to get them reading, then it has to have a propulsive feel to it. It has to be easy to read. So I have to I have to find ways to uh, to not lose them, you know, because I know that they can get lost in the weeds. And but then there are some books where it's all about getting lost, and that's wonderful, and you know, and and I and I'm I'm just for me, I'm not making those books, <laughs> you know, even though it's yeah. fantasy and stuff, it's, it's very propulsive reading. It's, you just move, you know, through it. And I think that that, that the act of feeling the completion of the book, that, that, that somebody might at the end of one of my books go, wow, I've never finished a book before. Yeah. And, and that was fun. If they, if they feel that, I think that I've done my job, you know? And, and, and so, you know, I, I rate my books differently than say, say critics do. That's fascinating. I, yeah. To mm -hmm. think about, cause I, at, at 32, you know, I've read a fair amount of books. Like I feel, I feel comfortable <laughs> with my comprehension. Um, but I felt that propulsion, like that is something that I take away, just not with that same intent or not mm -hmm. understanding that same intent behind it. But hearing you say that is fascinating. Cause I, oh, I definitely feel a, the wheels turning in the same way. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a reader though, you're not supposed to think about that stuff. I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't want them to have to, you know, stop and go, Whoa, how did he do that? You know, right. I'm hoping that I did such a good job that they'll just think it existed and, they won't they, they most most people when they read the books they won't think about how i've done it and and i think that's a good thing i'm I'm trying not to call attention to the craft yeah yeah no that makes sense so all right so let's touch on then so we're heading towards uh book nine will mm -hmm. be the final book in the series when when does this come out or approximately do you have a, a general timeline here i think there's an internal date at scholastic yeah. um i don't I, I, and I can't talk about it. I don't, <laughs> is that, no, is that I, the, please let this come out this day date? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they want it, you know, they want it soon. Uh, I'm, you know, this is the last one. I didn't, I should have known that this is going to take longer. Um, closing, closing everything off in a satisfactory manner is much harder than I anticipated. I, 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 I had actually, I thought I prepared myself really well for it and I did but it's turning out to be a lot more difficult. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm planning to have it done pretty soon. Actually. I'm, I'm on the back stretch of this whole thing now. Um, I had already done most of the setups. I think there's only one sequence that I have one thread of story that I have to set up and like, just, I, I have to set up the setting up takes all the time. The execution takes less time of, mm. of, of following through on the, on the threads. You're talking um, about the strategy of, yeah. How do I make everything connect here? Well, yeah. If you look at the progression curve of a production of one of these books, um, it'll look like it's not moving for the first, say, two thirds of production. Mm -hmm. It'll look so slow because most of it's thought and development and anticipation and figuring, like setting things up, and you know, because it's all and, and trying to be predictive. Like, hey, is this story element going to set up for a satisfying, uh, um, like? satisfying final scene mm. am i am i am i leading to that you know um you don't know right until you get there really and i don't really have the chance to redraw everything from beginning to end all the time so i'm i'm more or less serializing it for myself so mm. i'm moving forward like just one piece at a time but everything like in the early scenes each early scene has a lot of of um guesswork i'm going this will pay off this will probably pay off right here. Mm -hmm. This this next scene, this will probably pay off. And then when I'm coming down the the final the half back half of this, I'm I'm just answering the questions, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm executing what I had already planned. And that that phase is very quick. Yeah. 
and that's where I'm, I'm coming around to that right now. That's why I'm okay doing these interviews these days <laughs> because I've, <laughs> I've spent like two years, two to, two to three years, like just developing the setups and I've got them all now and I'm very confident with them. I think that, I think that, well, I, I won't say that yet. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bite me in the butt. <laughs> you feel like you have a plan, but I feel it's, <laughs> feel it's pretty plan. good. I just have yeah. to execute now. Um, and so it's just work. You at know, at what point to, did you, Oh, I'm sorry. You were, you were still talking. Yeah, what what no, did no, you want to say? No, 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 no. Go ahead. It, I was just going to ask, like, at what point did you know or did you feel that this book would be the last one? Um, I think we all just, deci- I just decided that it was. I wanted it to, I didn't want it, I didn't want to push Bone off the shelf. I wanted, I want Amulet to sit right next to Bone. You didn't want it to be too long, too many, <laughs> too many books. I, I yeah. wanted it to be like, you can go to Bone and it's what it is, right? It's got nine, there's nine books. Yeah. You can visit that world, and then you can look to the left at Amulet, and and there's nine books, and you can go to that world. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and and I think if I did thirty volumes, I I would, I would freeze out all my future readers. That's just interesting. To chase, it to is chase that my current ones. Right. It is that challenging thing where, as as fans of a world, you know, you almost want to see it go forever. Right. We see this all the time, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like TV shows. Right. Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it got canceled for season xyz and it's like bring it back you know renew the show and it's like well we maybe we had three really good seasons so getting to actually say like it like story should have endings i think is the thing i net out as a fan and getting to decide on your own terms what is the right and good ending for this is actually a great thing i think for the longevity mm-hmm. of the work uh, it's just a hard thing to stomach when you're in the moment <laughs> i think the <laughs> and you hardest, want to see it keep going yeah i think the hardest thing to stomach is the financial side of it right because sure. there's this uh, there's this perception that if you continue it you'll just keep d- making the money that you do doing the thing and so i think creators are afraid of losing that and and so here a good a good example of what you know i'm uh, you know of, of these two different types of um strategies i think with um with as far as creating creating the lo- like the longevity uh, the long tail of a work is like comparing shows like a show like breaking bad with a show like dexter because hmm. then in the case of um breaking bad they ended it properly i felt that it was fair to the world it was fair to the characters it, it didn't you know it, it, it fair in that you know um walter white isn't the hero yeah you know right. and but 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 it also cements that it, he's the hero in his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I and and we knew f- we were on that journey with them to the yeah, end, right? We, when that, yeah, when exactly. That we knew that out. it was you know that it was not going to end well, and um, you know, and and they did a really good job, I think, of of ending it where it needed to end to the point where y- you could you can make better call Saul. You can do all sorts of other things, and it feels complete. It feels like it's you know it, that they didn't you know, they didn't, um, lead the viewers astray. Right. Whereas with Dexter, a show that I think started very strong, um, I think in the later seasons they decided, well, this was working. So why don't we try this and try that? And then gets, it's like this giant tree of stuff that it's, it becomes a soap opera. Right. Yes. And it, it outlived itself. In, uh, yeah. In and they, they should have ended it earlier when it was really strong. And so that it'd be strong in our memory. So I don't know. I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with this is that I feel like I, I do want to preserve it. And the best way to do that is to end it. Yeah, I, I think you're unquestionably making the right call. Um, do, so do you, you made the analogy, so I'll, I'll continue it. Do you mm-hmm. have a better call Saul in mind? Do you have an idea um, for that? Oh, like a sequel series. Yeah, yeah. Something where it's like, you know, tangentially connected to the world, but it's but it's its own thing. Gosh, it's so premature to talk about it. But <laughs> too early, yeah. But no, uh, I'll say yes. I, oh, I have nice, yeah. So there, it's 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 just it's the stories making making that happen. So it's not really even me. I'm I'm really a steward for these stories. I, I'm you know I'm fortunate to be the steward for these things. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not. I I, I kind of feel like I'm just a fisherman. But does the fisherman take credit for the fish it was already there (laughs) yeah yeah you know that's kind of how i feel and sometimes i'll tell you when there's fish and when there's not uh, i'll I'll know it and that's always frustrating to publishers trust me 
um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I can't just, you know, invent the fish, um, but I can tell them when they might be in season. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, so it did, it came to you as book nine is being created. That's when the, the idea percolated. Um, no, earlier, but as I okay. was making book nine, as I'm making this book right now, it's very clear to me that there is another thing and there's a, there's a big journey and I see the journey very clearly. So, you know, I, I'll, I imagine that James Cameron didn't anticipate Terminator 2 or beyond Terminator 1 when he mm -hmm. did, when he wrote Terminator. And I think it's similar. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. um, you know, and I think he's just the best at sequels. I don't, there's nobody better. Um, yeah, yeah, where the sequels are actually, you know, in contention for being better than the original. It's a, it's a yeah. tough thing to pull off for sure. He just keeps doing it. Imagine right. what, yeah, yeah. Very cool, so. very cool. So, all right, that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, but I do I, have another series, though, that I, I, I do have to get to that's not related to this. Okay, can you talk yeah. about that at all, um, what that might be like? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I was noticing um, something that I didn't notice when I was working on Amulet is that Emily is a lot like Superman hmm. in reverse, in that Superman is from another planet coming here okay yeah to to do his thing and she's from she's one of our team <laughs> going to another place in this other world yeah and that's other world and she's like a superhero in a way the, you know the stones give these stone keepers these powers right um you know so and i and i think that it's not it's not so much the concepts that are the same but but the the thread there that the connection to superman is that I felt like um, Superman is about being away from home. Someone who's away from home and has yeah. to like make a new home somewhere else. In the case of Spider-Man, I feel like it's somebody who is at home and is learning about the home that they already have been born into and exist in. And so when I do my next series, it won't be a, a road trip. Hmm. It'll be somewhere where we are at home like Spider-Man. I like that. Yeah. So the, so mm -hmm. Amulet's the Superman inversion mm -hmm. and, and the next one will be the Spider-Man take on things. I dig mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Good deal. Kazu, it has been <laughs> a, a pleasure talking to you. Is there anything else that, uh, that you want to plug or things that you have coming up that you want people to check out? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that people should check out Amulet. Of course. I mean, it's, you know, I hope that it's it's just as good as it was when it was, you know, uh, coming out every year <laughs> for everybody. Um, uh, by the way, that was that was insane uh, to try to do a, <laughs> Sounds a like graphic, it, yeah. like in eight months, like that. That was crazy doing a graphic novel in eight months uh, that's fully painted. Um, but um, and these yeah, are gorgeous no. works, too. So, I mean, the, the cadence <laughs> of getting that out, like these are amazing, like just the production value and, and the art that you and the team are putting into this. I mean, these are outstanding yeah, a lot of, looking, a lot of looking credit to jason Cafo, the colorist um he's been with me since book two um and you know the the rotating teams that we've had you know yeah. we've had people come through here and they've gone on to do such great work i mean a lot of them have you know been heads of tv shows and all sorts of things um since 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 they worked with us as students um but yeah so um uh, let's see uh, coming up ahead i mean i would say take make sure to to look out for of course amulet nine but my wife amy has been doing a graphic novel series for graphics uh, scholastic graphics as well mm -hmm. and everyone there i think is is super excited about it uh, i know my agent is uh, we have the same agent i i i think it's the best thing you're going to get out there outside of outside of the the big ones that we know of i mean awesome I think yeah it's uh, it's it's one that graphics has been wanting to produce for a long time and uh she's already working on book two what's it called so, for people? Um, well it's uh just look for her name because they haven't like decided to they haven't settled on a final title they, they have one but it's not announced yet so i don't want okay. i don't want to be the one to do it um, <laughs> right okay but um you know just just look for the kibuishi name and in in front of Kibuishi, it'll say Amy Kim Kibuishi, um, and her. If you like Amulet, you're gonna love her book. It's um. It's it's also it's also in in the realm of 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 fantasy, um, 
Is it Rima? Action R E M A. Um, yeah, I mean, it takes place in in that. That's the world, right? That it okay. takes place in, and so they're trying to kind of lock down what uh, the title is exactly. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but you're but you're right. Yes, I was like, that's on her Twitter, so I, I feel like that's fair game. But yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> otherwise yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. keep looking. Yeah, for she it. calls it. That's that's what she's been calling it, right? So all this time, but um, they're again, that's something they're working out right now. Perfect. All right, cool. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend everybody check out Amulet. Uh, we'll check out the work from from Amy there as well once that gets announced. And then uh, BoltCityProductions.com is where you can find more from Kazuya. Yes. I think I think people can still read uh, a majority or a big chunk of Daisy Cutter. Oh, you up know there. what? They can they can read the whole thing. The whole thing. I put Amazing. it all up there. Yeah. Um, that's another one. If I if I go back to Daisy and I, oh, here's the thing. I I want to finish Daisy Cutter. That's a three part series. Yeah. I have the two other stories ready to go and i've had that ready to go before i worked on amulet i just oh wow yeah i i switched over because i i felt like the market hadn't matured to the point where we can go back to doing books like daisy hmm. so i wanted to make sure that there were readers so i went and went to go get some <laughs> get some go find some readers um, <laughs> no you got them yeah yeah and so um but but with uh yeah, with Daisy Cutter, I think um, it's free up there. Because, you know, people are like, "What? What's he giving it away for free for?" Well, here's the thing: I'm gonna redraw that one. Hmm. If if we if I have to go back to it, I actually have a draft of Daisy Cutter, the the last train, in screenplay form that actually has some scenes that actually I think I, I'd really like to put into the book. Nice. So um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna redraw that thing. Uh, but if you want to see the original you know original draft of it drawn for viper comics it's on my website you can read it the whole thing and um if you like it you know share it perfect all right good deal kazu this was uh, a pleasure thanks so much for joining um we'll include links and everything in the show notes to all the mm -hmm. work here but uh, otherwise thanks so much for hopping on and, and talking to me yeah thanks for thanks for having me on <laughs>